Hello, Hunters, and welcome back to the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I am Matt Acevedo, joined as always by my amazing, super talented co-host, Emily Rose Jacobson. And Christian, number 43 for the Chicago Bulls. Hughes. Let's get ready to UFC. That's right, baby. We're back. <laughs> I mean, it's been a week, so I don't know. I'm really excited for this episode. Last week, mm-hmm. bundle of fun. It was Absolute a bundle of bundle, fun. Right? Y'all revisited was... Jaws. Mm. We did. I did. Yeah, I rewatched Ooh, Jaws after mm, that. that a different, mm-hmm. It in a different way right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I showed Katie that for the first time, and Katie was like, not happy at first because the first half is on the beach with the mayor and the town being ignorant and she's like i don't like this <laughs> it's too uh, close to home right now how man. weird how weird that a film <laughs> that is so old has such a hits such a note today politically and just with today's climate i think that's just what's crazy about art well emily we gotta keep the beaches open because it's the fourth of july tomorrow and nothing's gonna stop that from having a good time <laughs> isn't that right christian <laughs> I'm the mayor. <laughs> Who do you? I am the I'm mayor. The mayor. <laughs> Guys, we have a great matchup for you today. I hope you are all ready and excited. Um, if you didn't know, you know, if you want to talk to us about any of this stuff, check out our Discord in the Unranked Discord. Uh, there's a UFC oh, channel. Yeah. We talk there, so a, come check I it out. I put a link in the show notes because we have a channel in there. That's right, baby. Let's get into this first fight. Guys, Let's do this thing. I'm going to send it to you guys. Who do we got for today? M. Well, she's tiny, she's chewy, and she's just a little bit loony. It's everybody's favorite pink bunny, Babs. Babs Bunny. Heck yeah. And not to be upstaged by going downtown to Seymour, Krellborn, that's right. He's got a little shop of horrors all of his own. That was, you guys ready? That was really good. Let's jump into this <laughs> thing, you. guys. Where do we start um, here? So I just, I rewatched Little Shop mm-hmm. because it had been so long since I had seen it. And wow, what a film. Really holds up. Absolutely incredible. Uh, maybe later I can tell you about um, my dream casting if they were to do a reboot because I think we've got some good ideas. But that being said, boy, this character is interesting because he is not necessarily a hero even when he is the hero because he causes so many of the problems to happen in the movie. He is like a meek, scared person but also it's like understandable because he lives in Skid Row and everyone there is like, you know, everyone's poor and he's trying to work as hard as he can at this flower shop and Mr. Mushnick, the owner of the flower shop, is not really doing a, a good job of trying to bring in customers. Meanwhile, Seymour, who works at his shop, is out on the weekend trying to find flowers to bring in customers. And, you know, he he accidentally brings in this sort of, like, predator alien that kind of undermines him and seems to have this sort of, like, uh, alluring effect, almost like a, like a magical, like, siren-like call, if you will, to Seymour. Yeah, man. And he ends up creating a plant that eats people, and that's sort of problematic. But, boy, does it make a good movie. Slash musical, slash play. Slash musical, slash play. Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. I don't think Seymour is a hero or an anti-hero because he's very much like a gray hero in that like mm-hmm. he's very kind of muddled and gray in that, yeah, he has good intentions, but at the same, like, and you want to root for him because, yeah, he's down on his luck. We just want him to like achieve his dreams. He's in love. She loves him back. We want him to be happy. Oh, man. And then... But at the same time, he 
totally just keeps feeding this plant blood and people willingly and up until where it like it it bites him in the butt so it's very much mm. it's very much a, a it's almost little shop of horrors is almost thinking about it right now it's almost very much like a grecian play in that it is very much about hubris and man's hubris and like that's what you get now yeah. what's interesting though is because and we'll talk about babs in just a second but in some ways, maybe a character like Seymour could be an ultimate fictional character because although he's only in this, and that is not the discount, by the way, there's a Seymour version. There's an animated cartoon show they did, by the way. Um, and there's like a kid Seymour. Sort of a different what? take, I think. I did not yeah, know that. that. Yeah, they do. There's an animated show. Um, but it's actually a different character. Uh, gotcha. Because it's, it's like as a kid, it's a whole different thing. So we're talking about specifically Little Shop of Horrors, the movie musical um but... i mean he's just an average uh, he's an average joe who comes across something that's like more than he can chew but he handles it yeah and that's why i think he's great because i feel like although he's only in this like i kind of think about him like you know i feel like you could plug this character into a bunch of different movies and he'd be really interesting in in those worlds yeah right yeah i i totally agree uh but on the other hand guys we do have babs bunny yeah who is uh you know who is one of the main characters in Tiny Toons Adventures? Her mm. and Buster Bunny go on and uh, go on and like kind of they attend Acme University and they kind of become main characters in a bunch of subgenre stuff, you know? Yeah. Who? So, Buster or Babs? People, where do you fall? Growing up, I was Buster, but mm. Babs. Growing up, I'm Babs, Babs has a lot of great one-liners. Yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, I think I was a Buster guy just because he was blue, and he was but... in the video game. Yeah. Also, the 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 interesting thing about the two of them is a lot of Buster's comedy came from. I went back. I watched some episodes. Um, came from sort of like under like undermining her. Mm-hmm. Like like it was very like Jim in the Office jokes where he would look at the camera and make like a Jim face. Yeah. Like after she does something weird. Yeah. She was almost like Dwight, and he was like Jim. But guess what? Dwight's the better character. Yeah, man. And she was she's an impressionist. Like she, if you like look, she like oh yeah, she like was would knock it out of the park of like just saying out of nowhere, just like sounding like X person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And doing it yeah. flawlessly. She really she, performed well and probably got great grades at Acme University. She does a ton of impressions. That's actually like sort of her mo is that she does impressions, which is kind of an interesting thing because I actually started thinking about it and. Bugs and ba- uh, Babs and Buster are sort of like they took the different sides of Bugs because Bugs is interesting. Cause he's always been sort of the hero, but a lot of the times, actually, he's also a jerk and he has like a lot of like really weird, wacky things. But then he's cool in other instances. And I feel like they split off half of his personality and put it in Babs and put it in Buster. And like yeah. they're both different facets of what Bugs Bunny had, but kind of made them into their own characters because that was like the best way to to kind of go about rebooting them. Well, I think so too. It's like, it's, it was in a time where it was, they realized, Oh, there aren't a lot of Looney Tune main characters that are women. So yeah. they go and they add a bunch of female tiny tune characters. I mean, we had, we had, um, the Pepe Le Pew one. Oh, that was like, Lo- that was like a girl. Yeah. We have her. We've got, uh, I think Elvira. Elvira. Yeah. And and well, because you look at Space Jam, and I think Space Jam came out before Tiny Toons. Am I right on that? No, Tiny Toons came out before Space Jam. Okay, um, so because you yeah because you had the introduction of Lola Bunny there, 
who who didn't have too much of a personality outside of does not like to be called babe, plays very good b-ball, and is sexy. They've later, they have later remade, they've re- later kind of revamped her character in the most recent Cartoon Network Looney Tunes into kind of this, she's voiced by Kristen Wiig in that series, and she's kind of like this very ditzy go-getter who's just like very oblivious. Uh, and I really like that they give her much more of like, a, like at least a, a more personality than like, ah, oh, yes, you are the sex appeal that is also very good at sport. <laughs> yeah, that was confusing as a kid. I was like, this is, this is confusing. You know, <laughs> but 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 Babs, I felt like was a homie. You know what I mean? She also is uh, it, Babs is also one of Acme University's most promising young performers, uh, which I've pulled off of her fandom page, which is rad. Um, so good on her for being dope. Mm-hmm. So often, with a lot of the women characters on our show, there is sort of like a thing we have to acknowledge is like, wow, they were one of the few women characters in this genre. And so everyone had like paired off, like Buster looks up to Bugs and, you know, like everyone looks up, you know, like Dizzy looks up to the Tasmanian Devil, right? And then Babs is like, well, where's my girl, Looney Tune? And so then she finds like this old, and I think her name was Honey, and it was like an old forgotten looney tune who was like a woman oh, and like she sort of dude. becomes like her mentor and it's like this really sweet moment i just I had a brain blast oh my yeah. god i totally forgot about that yeah and i think i think it's like one of i mean she, the thing about her is like she's so uh her humor since it's like impressions is often so like um if it's not self-deprecating it's just like wacky and wild so like there's she doesn't have like the most like sincere moments, but then she has this like one episode where she's just kind of like, well, wait, when do I get to like have my turn? And it's like really sweet and nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that actually like if we were to compare, you know, comparing these two characters like Seymour is always sincere. Right. Like that's like his strength. And like, his downfall. Yes. Yeah, you know, he's just yes. trying to do the right thing, you know. Like that's that's his strength though. Like Seymour's amazing because because uh, because of his sincerity and Babs is often amazing because of her insincerity. So I'm trying to think like in a way they kind of they kind of like balance each other out. They're kind of like two different sides of the same coin here. Yeah. Right? And it seems like it seems like Babs too is also the tiny tune that has the most heart where like they gave where Babs where if Buster is much more of Bugs is kind of like look at the camera kind of can you get a load of this guy uh-huh. babs has bugs's heart because people forget yeah. that like that bugs there are moments in the cartoons the old cartoons where bugs regrets doing something or he generally tries to help somebody or he he realizes he messes up and he tries to make it better uh because she's also one of the only tiny tunes that sees melvin the monster as something more i was than just, a monster. just gonna say that she is like, one like of the if only for those who t- don't know he's like He's like a Frankenstein's monster kind of thing. One of my favorite Looney Tunes characters. I love that character. Yeah, that's a great episode. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it just it just seems like she is super funny. She has all she's great at all these impressions, but she also has this really big heart that nobody else has. And like I would say versus Seymour, whereas she can be mischievous in a Looney Tunes kind of comic sense, I don't think she would go as far as to feed a plant for blood for her for her dreams well she gets into quite a bit of trouble pretty often 
Uh, that's true. Um, but because they're in a Looney Tune universe, that is okay. You know, they go through many, they get hit by things and fall from things that would destroy people, but, you know, they're cartoons, so that sh- they get flattened out and then pop back up, and they're like, ow, that hurt, and then they have a couple little, you know, birds dancing around their head, and they go back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> which I think maybe this is like where we need to kind of determine the difference between these two characters is like, is the, is the heartfelt sincerity and sort of hilarity that Seymour brings through his like mistakes and misdeeds by trying to be a good person. Is that the thing that makes him more of an ultimate character versus Babs uh, jokingness and her, her, her sort of, like, I feel like she plays the extremes, right? Because she doesn't have a lot of the sincerity. But when she does, it's very important because no one else really brings it. But then the rest of the time, she's like way over here. She's like, I'm doing another character. And I'm doing another character. And I'm doing another character. And then every now and then it's like, now I'm going to be Babs. And like, we need to be real for a minute. Well, it's because, and I love, what I love about that is that she is an actor. Like, that's her bit. That's everyone's shtick yes. is that. They are actors, and we see them in these vignettes, but then we see the real version of them when they're not on camera, not on stage. You know what I mean? And I, I just find that, to me, that was the most interesting, is seeing them in these kind of moments uh, of sincerity, you know, yeah. for, for any of the I Looney think, Tunes or uh, Tiny Tunes. I think I think these things about Babs are true, but I'm personally like, so I'm just starting to think about some things off the top of my head, and I think that it's possible, as crazy as it might sound, that... This little flower shop man from the little shop of horrors might actually be an ultimate fictional character. So let I think let's start. Let's go through some of these things. As far as like basic like determining like which of these characters had a bigger impact on people, like things like that. Neither of them are like massive, right? They're both sort of big enough, respectively. But I don't I don't yeah. think any of that matters. Like I feel like this right. is going to have to come down to like personality traits and stuff yeah i would only say if you're a man in the theater if if you're if you identify as a male and you're in musical theater then you will have seymour will have a much more bigger impact on you yeah that is a role you want to possibly play one day and that is that audience yeah i bet though for a lot of a lot of girls especially like now today there are so many more women in cartoons who are leads but back then there were not, which is why that was like part of her character. So like, like I feel like both of them kind of offer yeah. something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's the thing that I think might really limit her is that like she's a child, like she's a kid, and Ugh. she's always in the cartoon silly world. And yes, like she has those sincere moments, but like we're gonna talk about character growth. Like Seymour learns from his mistakes, and he also like kind of. You know, he he answers for them in many ways. I mean, let's keep in mind, he didn't kill the dentist. The dentist died from suffocating and laughing gas as the dentist tried to kill Seymour. So he didn't kill the dentist. And Mr. Mushnick got eaten. So he didn't feed Mr. Mushnick. Yes, he chopped up the dentist's body. Sure. But what are you going to do? Let the plant die? (laughs) If you got it, you got him, smoke him. You know what I mean? What? If you have them, chop them. Oh, jeez. I do hear. I don't. No, I do hear what you're saying though about Babs because it's like if you look at the arc of Tiny Toons Adventures, there really isn't a character arc. She has individual moments and episodes where there is growth at the end of certain episodes, but it isn't like say like Steven Universe or even Avatar: Last Airbender where you can prog. Even though the especially that first season is a bunch of kind of just like oh we're a cartoon one shots. 
you still you can still look at that as like part of the overall plot of the entire series and see oh well of course Stephen makes these mistakes here because he's very young and he doesn't know anything yet but that's part of his growth where like with Babs like yeah I gotta say it's tough because it's like as fun and as awesome as a character she is it's tricky because it's yeah her growth is limited to like the however 20 minute long episodes she however however long episodes that she's in and it doesn't really there is no arc throughout the the seasons right. of tiny tunes mm-hmm. i mean it's the same thing if you had to say with like dot from animaniacs it's like yeah yeah she's very much like dot that's a good <laughs> yeah yeah she is <laughs> that's good yeah that's actually a really good point yeah a little less zany but like very similar. Yeah. I would in, say in Freak is. I would say between Animaniacs and then we're oh, just jumping all. I would say Freakazoid. Freakazoid. I, love Freakazoid. I would say Freakazoid had much more of a character arc, just because like the yeah. seasons had much more of a, a theme and and whatnot versus like Animaniacs or a, a, a comedy, a children's comedy show like Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Now that's just one. That's just one factor, and I, quite frankly, Seymour only grew so much. But I do think there's like there's something about like Babs is at. Acme University to learn how to be funny so she could be a Looney Tune. And Seymour's like, I need to get out of this like destitute that I live in, like this this basement, this area that is just like unsanitary and I'm like starving and hungry and I wear dirty clothes. And like I also want to help this woman that I'm like in love with that is like unrequited love. I want to help her get out of her abusive relationship and help her move out of here. To, like I feel like what they're both going up against very different like personally if you ask me which one of these two characters like not necessarily growth but like which one has like the bigger story like mm-hmm. i gotta give seymour some points for that like getting out of skid row is something that people dream of and it does not happen because upward mobility is very difficult and you know he he has to toss a couple bodies to a carnivorous plant but you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> who uh who do you think would win in a fight you think oh she's got all the acne stuff yeah all the acne stuff at her disposal does that stuff hurt you or does it just flatten you because like michael jordan got hit by the looney tunes stuff and he was kind of okay he was okay but like he was definitely like impacted in a certain way and i don't think i don't think seymour could put out a fight no but he beat the he beat Angie too. Are uh, you saying Seymour Seymour's would, a Pokemon would... trainer with Audrey too? Oh man, yeah. Sorry, Audrey. I mean, like, I'm just saying he beat this alien, right? Seymour might be able to play say... like play like uh, an emotional card, be like, "Oh, feel bad for me. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying. I'm down my luck, you know." <laughs> like, but that was that shit would be it. That's a little I more. Mean... That's that's more whiny. <laughs> that's more Ghostbusters than it is. Oh, it's true. His... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My you're, Rick you're... Moranis is Seymour mixed up. Isn't, Seymour isn't weak like that. He is timid, but he's not, he's like, you know, he, he plotted to go to the dentist's office. Uh, like he did some baller, hardcore stuff in that movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, don't, I have I don't a question. Think, I don't know. I don't know if Audrey, I mean, if it's Seymour, it's not Seymour in the plant. The plant is not Audrey too is not part of Seymour. I mean, Audrey too, oh, depending on yeah. maybe the movie ending is very different than the musical ending. Yes. Uh, but yeah, basically, Otter 2 is their own character, too. They are their yeah, own. Yeah, I, I guess what I was saying is because he was able to beat Audrey 2 in a fight, uh, that's true. like he could probably hold himself up against Bat. I'm not saying he'd be a clear winner. And I, I'm more inclined to side with both of you on this as well. That is Babs. But I don't think it's as clear cut of a situation because he went up against basically like a Pokemon, like yeah. a giant. <laughs> this giant Venus you, flytrap that eats humans. You have uh oh, it's uh 
you know, two musical theater classes are happening on one on Tuesday, Thursday, one on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. One's taught by Babs Bunny. One is taught by Seymour Pines. Which class do you sign up for? Babs. I'm a comedy leading woman. That's what I I'm also go Babs. Go. I mean, she goes she goes to like a theater school basically. So yeah, of course I would go to I would go to her. But that would be like saying we're going to have a gardening class. <laughs> Whose class are you going to? And it's like, well, yeah, you're going to go see Seymour. Am I? He grew That's a life. A he likes eating plant. <laughs> he figured out He figured out how to feed a plant. From space. That feeds off of blood. <laughs> no one else would have done that. It would have died. It would have just died. No one else could have figured that one out. It should have died. It eats people. <laughs> well, you're not. Chris, Christian, are you Seymour? Do you relate to Seymour a lot? I think Seymour, like ultimately what we're talking about here is right. We got two characters. No, one of I them is does does jokes and like has some like really cute heartfelt moments. But the other one like feels like a real flesh and blood character. Like he he's like a very flawed person who's in this really terrible circumstance who's willing to do anything to get out of it. And he's like, although like he does some dark stuff, like overall, he's generally like seemingly like a sweet person that like just wants to be able to live his life like not under fear of just like the the crippling economic situation i guess that he's uh, i guess he's he, i hear what you're saying too um because you know he's someone who lives does live on skid row doesn't and has to fight for everything so if that means you gotta do a little dirty work you gotta do it to survive right he is and, he is the most human of the two and not and just because the other one is a pink anthropomorphic bunny but right. like, and, go Chris. Well, just Babs, Babs whole thing, right? Like her living situation was she's in a house with like a ton of brothers and sisters. She has a ton of siblings. And so she does impressions to be funny so she can get like attention. That's her thing is she wants attention, but she does it by like imitating other people. Like most of the time we're not getting Babs bunny. We're getting Babs bunny doing other people. But with Seymour, he's like, well, my living situation is like dangerous every day and I'm doing everything I can to get me and this woman that I love out of it. And I'm also working my butt off for this shop owner who doesn't seem to give a damn about the place that we live. And he's like, like he goes out on the, that's how they, he gets the plant. Like he goes out, finds from someone else, like who's selling flowers on the street, this weird plant. And he's like, well, I have to bring this back and put it in the shop window. Cause maybe it'll bring customers to, to Mr. Moshnik. And it does. A man walks in and he goes, what is that plant? <laughs> and then he's like, then he buys a hundred dollars of roses. They can't believe it. Mr. Moshnik was about to close the building down. I don't know what Babs would do in that scenario. I think I think there might be more to discuss long term with Seymour than there might be with Babs, which is why I think personally at this point that he might be an ultimate fictional character. I don't know how you feel. I Even like the Babs fight. Would, I love the fight. I'm I'm not like I think that's so circum like it's it's like it's so specific and I feel like Babs is so much more versatile. Which, to me, like I, she kind of checks off a lot of other categories. I'm like, who would I rather get a drink with? I'd rather get a drink with Babs. Uh, who would I want to play video games with? I don't want to play video games with Babs. Who's more shippable? You could say Seymour's well, shippable. Well, she's a child. You still, I mean, you don't have to make uh, it weird, Christian. You're not, you know what I mean? Like, people, yeah, like, but it's like, it's a child bunny. Like, I would say Seymour and his love interest is more shippable. You're saying you don't want to see your kids find love at a young age and, and experience uh, uh, feelings while they're discovering who they Not are. Not for a pink bunny. <laughs> wow. 
Wow, that's a very big leap you just made here. I did. It was. I tried to win. You could tell I was trying. I was like, I gotta Look, win I just, this. <laughs> I, I I love Tiny Toons. I I absolutely love Tiny Toons, and I think Babs is one of the best characters on there. I like Babs more than Buster today. Um, I didn't growing up just because I liked the color blue, and I was a boy, so it was like cool, Buster Bunny. But if we're gonna talk about everything that like a lot of things you you talked about were just like who's fun, and yes. If we're going to decide who's more fun, it's definitely Babs. Babs is definitely more fun. But, but like, not just does she fun. have the range? Well, hear not me out. I think we're missing a big point here from Babs. Mm. I, this, I think that this is something that we're not talking about culturally. Um, to me, uh, and, you know, I, I honestly think Babs is, is a strong comedic female icon that I feel like there, there wasn't that many. She was a voice who was thriving in a male defined industry at the time, even in her school. Like they, that's why I like that Nickelodeon or was it Nickelodeon first. Well, you know, that's why I like uh, that um, Amblin um, like put, made her one of the main characters because she is a, a female comedian who is thriving. So I, that's yeah. something I think, I think that's really... important. I think that's a point in her favor, but I don't think that should win her the thing, because if that's the thing that wins her the thing at this point, then she's going to lose the next fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know like how versatile she is. That's, that's sort of what I keep coming back to. It's like, um, she's funny. And I think that was an important thing for her character, especially as like a girl. But I don't know if, like, I just feel like there's, there's, so we've seen Seymour be funny. We've seen Seymour fail and do weird things. We've seen Seymour like go up against like real life or death challenges. But Babs mostly has like things that like young children can relate to. And so the problems aren't that complicated, which is good. But like, I feel like as the ultimate fictional character, I don't think I can take Babs funny and put her in any other piece of work. And it makes sense. And I feel like I could take a character like Seymour and put him in a lot of other pieces of work, things that are science fiction or, or just uh regular fiction. And he would fit into a variety of different worlds and universes and could be an interesting character because of his gullibility and his determination. It allows him to both make mistakes but work hard to do the right thing. And then, like, he's able to make these, like, weird calls of, like, well, what's the right thing to do here? Do I save the person that is, like, abusing patients and abusing, like, this woman that I love? Or do I allow him to be his own destruction? And now that he has ended up taking his own life by accident, do I waste his body or do I feed it to this monster? Like, he makes these, like, weird calls that, like, I feel like is a interesting complex character i don't you know i just don't know if babs is complicated enough or if she's too straightforward that's sort of where i struggle with babs money emily rose jacobson where are you at i feel bad i was on the babs train at first but thinking more and more about like i think it is seymour's great moral grayness his that his own his own tenderness, his own hope is ultimately what befalls him. I think that is possibly what makes him the more, the better fictional character here. I mean, Sweet. she's more fun. I would definitely get a beer with her. 100%. I, this is great. I, uh, I totally agree with you guys. I wasn't sure where everyone was standing. Uh, cause like, I was like, I felt like we weren't talking too much about Babs. Like, Oh, I got to fight for Babs right now. So I, I, I totally agree with you guys. I think Babs is awesome. I think oh, she's yeah. way better than Lola Bunny. And I think she's better than Buster. But 
I think the reason Babs can't win this is the reason why I don't want to put Buster's name in the bucket is I think without her other half of Buster Bunny, they're a pair. And and I think without the two of them together, it does it, it, there's less there. If this was Babs and Buster Bunny, I feel like there'd be more here to say. They're like the and it would one be Yeah, dude, they're a duo. We should yes, do a duo episode. We could do Yeah, like we got to do duos episode. episode. That'd be fun. Yeah. We did there was one character in like the first season that was like a group and we were just like, screw it. We'll leave. Oh, it was the sticky bandits. We left the, we left the wet bandits in as a group. <laughs> I think maybe the next, next, next bonus, maybe we'll do bonus episodes with groups. Yeah. I future. think that's a great that's, idea. That seems like a good idea, but yeah, that, that I think that's the problem is she doesn't have her buster. She needs, she's, she's one half of a whole. Yeah. They, they I made totally that agree. character together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was, I just wanted to make sure I was like, do I do well? Like, are we on the same page? I was I honestly wasn't sure where, where everyone was. So uh I think we're, we're good on that. Holy crap. So I guess well, uh say goodnight, Babs. Good night, Babs. Yes, yes, I remembered it. I remembered it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. All right, sweet. <laughs> uh and suddenly Seymour is going to the finals. Oh wow. wow. Seymour. Oh man, that was the first match. That went can I be honest? That one went way longer than I thought it would. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was like, oh my god! I, I kept looking at the time, and I'm like, look, I, I understand this is going way longer than it should, but like, am I crazy? Why do I feel like Seymour is like the more I keep, the, I before tonight, I thought Babs was going to walk away with this, and then we started talking about, it, and I'm like, I don't know, Seymour's a cool character. Yeah, yeah, and I do, I did have to bring up that like Babs, like strong female character in a male defined industry, super, super, and you know what I mean, so. Sorry, Babs, but this next matchup, guys, is very, very unique. Uh, you might get a little caffeine headache from this. Guys, um, we have, I hope you hear her PSL siren song, oh the gosh. peppermint mocha herself, the Starbucks what? Mermaid, also known as Melusine. There's a lot to this I did not know about until this episode, uh, versus... Christian, this is your favorite. Why don't you introduce this character? Well, <laughs> he's a gecko, but he won't get you 15% off your insurance. He's way too cool for that. He's way and too cool. And by the way, although he does impressions, he does them with a purpose. And we were talking about Gex from Gex Enter the Gecko. <laughs> wow. I don't know if you know anything about Gex out there, so let me just give you a quick brief uh, download on the gecko yes i loved this character i love this game by the way matt snowboard kids there's snowboard kids there's a game within gex center the gecko where you snowboard and it's just like snowboard kids and it's awesome um i used to just like do that same level over and over all the time just wait you remember snowboard kids sorry snowboard kids was great i rented was it hit points that no one remembers it yes we made we joked at you about (laughs) it oh my god we made fun of Matt no. because we, we swore that this game never existed. It's a great game. All the characters I... have weird big noses and kind of look like cherubs. It's oh my like God. bizarre. I'm so happy, Chris. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> oh my God. It's all new. It's real. Wow. Snowboard Kids. I never owned it, though, and I, I rented it once, and it was a lot of fun, but Gex had this one really cool snowboarding level, so I would just play that all the time uh, until eventually I got, like, SSX. He was, um, he was, a, he was sassy. But Ge- Be- Gex is... Gex is a character from a platforming video game series where he goes up against Rez, who is this villain, and he essentially has to enter worlds from television and film. And it's really awesome (laughs) because 
he had to do impressions all the time, which were like cheesy. And I got to tell you, as a kid, I did not get so many of the references. Like this is a character that just is like movie reference, TV reference, movie reference, <laughs> like the whole time. And I did not get what these phrases were. Shocking amount of voice acting for like a Nintendo 64 game, by the way. Um, but the cool thing was like you go to a world and it was the Looney Tunes world and it looked like the Looney Tunes Wild West and stuff like that. Like they had a Looney Tunes world in there. And so he would be doing impressions because he has to go undercover. It was Gex Undercover. It was the second game. He had to go undercover as secret agent because the government came and was like, you got to help us take Res down again. And so he goes in and now he's like James Bond and he goes into the Star Wars world. He's got like a stormtrooper outfit on. He's got a lightsaber. And unlike Babs who did impressions... And it was like sort of like to get attention. Gex was doing them as a way to survive. Like he had to become the world that he lived in. Yeah. So that he could so that he could survive. I got to on the other hand, we have the Starbucks siren. Can I give you a, I got to give you a history because this is like fascinating. I had no idea that the Starbucks siren. It came oh, yeah. the, in 1971. Starbucks, um, you know, which started in Seattle, wanted uh, needed someone to represent the company, a, a mascot. Um, and they wanted something that would that would be something that would um, represent the seafaring ports of Seattle, along with like you know com- something that attracts people. So they chose the siren, uh, and the siren is known to attract people. But the history of this specific siren, according to the simple dictionary, the siren is known as Melusine or Melusina. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. As it's a medieval legend, it was a beautiful woman who turned into a serpent from the waist down while she was bathing, um, and. They would say that the, the the two tails of the serpent would represent balance of the of the different elements, um, and it, it was like, it, and it's it's pretty crazy. At one point, she she turns into a dragon uh, because she like weds this duke um, who 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 found her in the forest. Like we will wed, and then he sees her. Uh, she bathes in secret. And so the Duke was like, I got to sneak and see why she's bathing in secret. And then it turns out that she sees the tail of the, of her. And then she turns, she gets so mad. She flies into a range and turns into a dragon and leaves them. Um, it's, it's just, I had no idea. And it's supposed to feature the dual nature of female sexuality and medieval times, the tails, which by the way, that first original logo, she had her boobs out. She had her boobies. Whoa. I know. Now, I don't know if, if you've noticed, but they get closer like every time they reach. Yeah, out I think it, I think at <laughs> one point, like just her face. Yeah, now it's just her face. You used to be able to see her tails were kind of what encircled the logo, uh-huh. and now it's just her straight up face in this crown. Yeah. yeah, and she was holding her tails, which now like you used to be able to see her arms. Like now, there's you can kind of see the stubs of her arms, and you, like the thing that goes around her is still her tail, but like it just looks like a frame now. Yeah, it doesn't read like that which is so funny because it still is there but you have no idea unless you remember yeah unless you you grew up like i think they didn't yeah i forget when they first changed the logo but if you remember that first starbucks og logo you know exactly like now it's just like here's this green woman Mm -hmm. where are my red cups um and and yeah yeah she has yeah she's not just any siren they speak they picked a very specific imagery yeah, for and her. I forgot this is important because it kind of ties the coffee element of it because coffee is all about like chemistry and alchemy. So the the tails all because she also represents she's um, an alchemic symbol. Yeah, exactly. And the the tails of the balance of the different things is all about alchemy, which brings it to Starbucks. I would say like out of all of food logos, she is definitely probably one of the coolest. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. In that yeah. in that she she reigns with a certain level of subtlety but also like a certain level of power and has this very unique history about her that is pulled from from actual history. People you wake know, up I've... at 4:20, knock on the window at 4:25. Are you open? The the thing a lot of people don't know too about sirens is a lot of people just think like like a mermaid is like these are you know if you've ever read the Odyssey they are the sirens call you know like they will lure you with their beauty or their song their siren song into the depths where they will consume you essentially like they are not and isn't that just the most perfect analogy of Starbucks and American yes, because economy. it's like this craving <laughs> that you feel inherently and what's interesting to me about it and I don't know if it, I don't believe it's intentional but I I like to believe it is is that like because the logo has gotten closer every time oh it's almost like we're being drawn into her right because like it's yeah. just like we're getting a little closer and then a little closer and then a little closer very interestingly you know who she reminds me of Gex. No, <laughs> Audrey too. All she, right, Audrey. So Audrey too, the monster in Little Shop of Horrors, had this sort of. So it's clear, like it's not clear at the beginning, but it becomes clear that there is sort of some kind of like telepathic pull this this plant has over people, which is why, like, when people see it, it draws them in, and they're just like hypnotized by it. Um, so the fact that Seymour was able to overcome that is actually pretty incredible, but like, this is kind of what a siren does. Like, that's what that is. That's the same thing. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have had a caffeine craving before and I have felt that siren's call and hit up the Starbucks myself. August 25th. She is a powerful woman. August 25th. I'm like, the siren's call. And I get a pumpkin spice latte. Is it really August 25th? That's the official start of Well, it's of the... usually the last week of August is when they do it. I love them. They're so good. Oh, my God. I love it. I'm not even, I I'm not even mad about it. I'm like, this is delicious. And They're people delicious. don't say it's basic. They just don't understand a good time. I like my favorite drink is actually available right now, and it is the S'mores <laughs> Frappuccino. Oh. It's very good. good if you're like me and you have to get stuff gluten-free, just get it without the graham cracker. But the it one is. across the street's open till eleven thirty. Maybe I gotta go. Whoa, a that's a really late Starbucks. The <laughs> yeah, ones near me so close. Really late yeah. <laughs> oh um, man, but Gex Gex is interesting too, though. Uh, Gex is not only an actor, but is a secret agent. Yes. So like, the, so the government shows up and and calls upon him because in the first game he defeats Rez. So then Rez comes back, shows up on the TVs, takes over, and then they're like, Gex, you took him down once before. You're our man. You got to go in. But he's got to go undercover and he's got to enter these virtual worlds. And so this is this is the thing about Gex is like he's got Babs's technique of impressions. Right. But he does it for deep cover. Like he's a he's a he's a master of disguise. But here's what's brilliant about it is that he just spends all of his time watching TV. So all he knows is catchphrases. Yeah. It's all like in some ways he's kind of like the perfect like. Like, uh, it's the hero story of, like, you know, the, the do-nothing, like, regular schmo, like, gets, they're like, you actually are, you know about video games. You'd be the perfect person for the, it's like that, you know? It's like, you, Gecko, that watches TV all the time. You're you the only what, one that knows because... all of this mindless pop culture that somehow is going to save the day. And he he, he watched TV because he was depressed, dude. He was yes. watching because his, his dad died in a, it's really weird. His dad NASA, died in a right? NASA, a NASA accident. Yeah, which left him in a depression where he just watched TV for a great time. These these games, by the way, pretty solid. They're like as far as like an N sixty four platformer, 
pretty good. Let me um, hear your Gax impression, Chris. I haven't heard him in so Say, long. It's tail time. He had like a goofy sort of like radio voice, almost like a, a DJ, like a radio jockey. He would, what? it's tail time. He would do like a lot of that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, I haven't, man, I, he, there were so, I'll, I'll never forget, there's a Titanic level. They do a whole level on the Titanic, cause the ta- ta- you know, because the movie Titanic came out and it was a big deal. And I was just like, he would do like, he'd be like, he would get hit. You'd take damage and maybe like you'd die on the level and then have to restart. And he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, my heart will go on. And it would be like stuff like that. And I, you just like, you wouldn't know a lot of the times as, as a kid, some of these references, but the ones you got were pretty great. Um, and it was kind of fun to see him go through these virtual worlds. But I do think, Matt, this is sort of like a Mario Odyssey situation, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. This is kind of like what his whole deal is. is like he goes to a new world, and it's got this crazy theme, and like he's got to get through it, and he's got to take out this mastermind. And as he goes through each one, he gets like a costume, and that suit costume that he wears as the disguise in each world gives him a different ability. He's got like a remote control as like his weapon that he uses to like do that stuff. Yeah. This is tough. Would Gex, would mm. Gex, can you separate the references from Gex and can Gex still stand strong? Is Gex successful because of pop culture references? Well, I think, I think that's the thing is, is I, as someone who was young and didn't get most of the references, I still really liked it. I think partially because of the fact that he wasn't, the, the thing that made him cool wasn't that he knew the references. It was that he was like, it was you know, it, it's like if Mario went on an odyssey through pop culture, you know? So that's sort of like what was cool about it. But at the end of the day, he's still fighting bad guys, you know? He's still going up against an army of, of people from Rez. It's tough. It's like, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I guess the thing I would say here is the Starbucks mermaid is based on Melisine, but all the Starbucks mermaid does is sell coffee. It's not a Thor situation with the Starbucks mermaid where she like Thor is actual Thor. Starbucks mermaid is just the Starbucks mermaid who isn't necessarily actually done those feats because we don't have like this is this is my question here is how much imagery of the Starbucks mermaid? How far can that go? played Gex games. The only time I heard about Gex was in the McElroy <laughs> Brothers podcast. No, on their Monster Factory. Sure. That's when I heard yeah, the first fair. reference of Gex. I don't know if Gex I think in the era where they tried we had the Bubsies, you had all these kind of... Uh, he these, was much better than Bubsy. I mean, he yeah. got three games. You had, the, you had these developers <laughs> that were trying to make icons. I think Bubsy had four games. Um, yeah, but I think they were all... They were all bad. Uh, yeah, oh, the Gex yeah. games weren't actually bad. I mean, today they would seem bad because they, you know, like all those platformers were like also collectathons and stuff. Right, um, they were. But as far as like the game, the thing that was cool about it was you're like, on this level, you're snowboarding. On this level, you're doing like lightsaber tricks. On this level, you're uh, going up against like dinosaurs and stuff and climbing this mountain. That's it's, like, cool, it was, but like, like different things. Gex. Can you he, take yeah. Gex? I mean, he's a nerd. He's, Can you take he's, he's us. He's also like, like Gex, a millionaire. Gex would be a host on UFC. Gex would be the best guest host we could have because he would know all of the characters. Yeah, that's un- it's it's true. It sucks that the Starbucks mermaid mm. doesn't talk or like have any personality. Right. Uh, 
like look i think but there's the a lot of things cool. that we can criticize about gex or the gecko can you imagine but we're gonna have to go through some of these things if you're trying to convince me that the starbucks mermaid is beating well, gex or the gecko now? can you imagine if they had like if they had a dress up like starbucks mermaid costume awesome. that would like That'd come awesome. out for stores i remember there was a papa john's pizza slice suit that the Papa John's, they would make a Papa John's pizza person wear, and they would come by my elementary school, and it was like this pizza slice, and this poor person, whoever was in the suit, all these like kindergartners and like through ki- through fourth grade kids would try and rip the pepperonis and like the mushrooms off oh, the pizza no. suit, and just like harass this poor probably teenager in this <laughs> in this pizza suit. That's so sad. Oh. You know, it reminds me of like clowns. Clowns just want to make people happy, but they pick the worst things. <laughs> Man, you, look. You know, actually, this reminds me. Like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna seriously consider, and again, everyone that goes in the bucket gets serious consideration. But Fudgy the whale had way more going on for him than the Starbucks mermaid. Well, Fudgy look, the I, whale's got a cartoon animated guy. Yeah. He's got a guy that dresses up. Like they're giving him character. People, you have to Google and go through multiple websites to find out what the Starbucks mermaid is. People don't know. People don't even, most people today don't even realize she has two tails because it just looks like I thought, she's framed in. I thought it was a dress as a kid. I thought it was like, um, like, uh, on like the quarter or whatever, where you have like those, like, sort of like leafy oh, yeah. things going on. Like, I didn't know it was two tails for a very long time. I did. I was like, I will say this. That mermaid. <laughs> Emily. As far as going up in a fight, <laughs> I I would say it's probably a draw. <laughs> a siren versus a gecko. <laughs> you think it's a draw? I think if they're if we're, you think it's because like she she turns well, into a dragon. She could turn into a dragon. She's like gecko's like she, ancestor. She can. We've never. There's no. I see what you're saying. You know, no commercial. You know saying? Like there's the no, like, Starbucks commercial. mermaid. We don't know that she can do any of that. Like I I think my problem like. There's too many unknowns with the Starbucks mermaid. And that's after I went through a lot of articles <laughs> until I finally found the thing that you mentioned, w- what she is, which is, by the way, very hard to find that information. Because even the like logo artists who were asked to create it weren't given that info. We like, need to make a Starbucks them... musical and, and proclaim the truth. Yeah, I just I, I feel like there's not enough character for her to be the ultimate fictional character. I agree. I, I agree. I feel that. I agree. I don't know if Gex is, and he's got to beat Seymour, but I I don't think we're gonna figure that out by putting Gex up against someone that like we just can't answer questions about. Yeah, she's no. Uh, it is uh, her silence that is so mysterious. <laughs> she's no elf. Uh, who was who was um the cookies? The cookie elf. Keebler. Oh, we had a big fight with that. Yeah. Keebler. The Keebler elf fight. He, he, he was him. really good. He won his first match. I, no, think. I think. Yeah, he, he got up he to won. the second match. We had John Stanislaw on that episode. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah he was Strawberry great. 17s. We, should have, we should have him back. Yeah. Um, I think that's. Look, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who put this Starbucks thing in, in the bucket. So, like, I'm not trying to, like, diss her or anything, but, like, who are you? <sighs> Chris, she's my favorite Tell mascot. Me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tell me who you are. I I agree. I think we. What do you think, Em? I'm I'm feeling pretty I'm good. Ready, about it. I'm ready to call it. Yeah. Well, uh, order for Starbucks mermaid. I order decaf. Anyways, the Starbucks mermaid's going back and she's gone. She's going back to her sea. She's going. She's she's. We found her bathing and she flew away as a dragon. 
fives. Which means Gex the Gecko is moving on to the final round to face Seymour Pines. So I will say, I don't really know where we start here now. Yeah, you've been the big proponent for both these characters. For both these characters, yeah. 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 Um, It's (sighs) tough because I feel like in some ways, Gex actually has some of the things that Babs was missing, like in her shortcomings, because of, because like, you know, she basically didn't have Buster. But but Gex has like the like oh I'm just like a regular guy doing regular things thrown into this world but then he's like I know impressions I can be goofy like Gex might be the combination of Babs and Buster put together really that's a I big claim I don't know dude I don't know because like the difference between look at the Gex image I just sent you in the chat he's he's the star of his own show Gex he's the star of his own show he's not. You know, he's not, oh, it's uh, not pulling up. a pair. He's not uh, one of, of many. He is Gex of the Geckos. Yeah. He lives in Maui in a mansion. He has a butler named Alfred. He sounds like Bruce Wayne. He's just, I mean, so here's the thing about Gex. He is just a parody of everything else. Well, no, yes. no, no, no. Because, no. again, you're, you're, you're discounting who Gex is. Because Gex is a huge nerd. Who loves television and movies, so he's basically us. Right. And he obsesses over them, but then is able to use them to save the day. So he goes on adventures, fights bad guys to save people, while also being a massive nerd. I feel like Gex has hobbies and fun things about him that, like, so for instance, in the ways that so, so in the first conversation, right, with Seymour and Babs. Okay. Seymour beat Babs in everything that's not, like, who's more interesting, like, hang. You know, like, anything that's, like, a fun, like, uplifting thing, like, where, like, you kind of want, like, like, some real personality, but not, like, the character-driven stuff. Like, Babs was good at it. Gex has those, because Gex... Gex knows the same kind of things you know. He knows your references. He likes to play games. But he when does it... When do the bits stop, Christian? When do the bits stop? I just want to get some pizza with a bro. When are we gonna have a heart to heart? I don't. I, I, look, Brooklyn. I know you know. You know, I know you watch Star Trek. You don't need to quote it. I know you there watch. Are, I know you watch the mask. You, where you are it. just straight up Gex when you're not like in another world. So that's like sort of the thing is you get that, but primarily speaking, yeah, like you're you're on an adventure. But like, how often of do time. you hear him say like he's dead, Jim? And I'm like, oh, that was funny the first few times. And then actually, sure. it's still pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a Star sure. Trek reference, but let's let's just go through the comparison list and see what happens. Because I actually really don't know who I think is better, but I do think I think Gex I think... has things about him that maybe maybe Gex is the ultimate fictional character. Oh, Emily just maybe. sent us. What did you just? I also feel like Emily is biased because she's never us? played Gex. She's never played Gex, and she's just going off of the fact that the McElroys make fun of them, which I feel like... I am doing some reading about Gex right now. Uh, whatever you're sending, it, it doesn't come through for me. Dude, it, I thought. can I be honest, Em? I thought Emily sent me a picture of the Starbucks mermaid with Gex holding the being the bra with yeah, the hands. Yeah, this is weird. This is weird. Who is this that? Is, this is apparently from Gex 3. This is At most, this is an ad, and it's not from in-game, I would think. And if you... If does anyone, does so, Gex have a human girlfriend? 
I don't remember off the top of my head. It's entirely possible. Apparently, according to Wiki, her name is Agent Extra. That's entirely possible. I don't remember all of the games. I primarily remember the second game the most, uh, where he's secret agent. Um, and the third game, I don't remember as well. Uh, just full disclosure. But that being said, I mean, that's a little bit like Roger Rabbit, right? Where Because yeah. Gex doesn't live in a world where it's like just anthropomorphic animals. Like He lives in like a regular human world. He just happens to be a gecko who loves TV. And, is, and is, like, his whole thing is that he's cool. He's a nerd, but he's cool. Like if if we could have one of these people come on the show, Gex would be a better guest. I don't know. I kind of feel like would. I get uh, like I, and to be honest, even when I was playing it back then, I always got the vibe that Gex was like this huge like gross Hollywood gecko dude, like kind of manipulative. I don't know. I got a weird vibe from him. You know, is that just me? Oh, right, I guess I, Emily I mean, didn't play. It. I guess that was just. <laughs> I didn't get that vibe from someone that went to like a Looney Tunes world. This is I hard because I did not play the game. But, yeah. so let's, but let's, after let's, let's I've been looking them. through the... I'm going to be happy no matter what, but I think I think that there's a weird bias over the fact that, like, sure, the games might not be great, and, like, clearly, like, he's become a running joke as far as, like, meme culture, but that tells you something. Like, a lot of people still then know who this character is as a meme, and that, again, says something about the hilarity and weirdness of this character and if we're going to talk about like originality and uniqueness, it's possible that Gex Enter the, the Gex from Gex Enter the Gecko is is more original and unique and uh, long standing than Seymour. Chris, this is so fascinating. Uh, I'm just saying this whole. I feel like I'm learning so much about you. Well, I feel like I'm the only one that's able to fight for him. So well, no, I, I remember to. Gex, but like I, I don't remember him. I thought I always thought there was like a weird uncanny valley sure. with him but that's but that's part of what this show is right is we're trying to find characters even in the smallest of places who could shockingly be these like really interesting weird versatile people that like maybe they actually could be like you know the thing i said about seymour that makes him great is like i could picture him in a variety of different places and guess what that's what gex's whole game is is like taking him and putting in a bunch of different genres and he kicks butt he does a good job He's like, look, I'm a stormtrooper, and I've got a lightsaber. Okay. I'm years ahead of episode seven. I'm just... <laughs> like, <laughs> hear me out. Like, Seymour isn't the butt of a joke. I think Seymour is a much more well-rounded character. I think Gex is a product Oh, that's of, true. I think Gex is a product of his situation and takes advantage yeah. of the situation well. Where I think Seymour is actually much more of a character character. Also, that Gex um, has more personality definitely than like Mega Man or like. That's true. Yeah, but like I don't know. Still, like uh, I, I, I mean, feel Seymour's like also a product of a situation who takes advantage of it because that's his whole thing. Gex is, is, is his it, situation, and he takes advantage of the plant and uses it to get out of. I'm telling you right like, now, Gex would hate the new Star Wars fan, new Star Wars trilogy. He is totally that well, kind of a nerd. Writes, I think he, uh, that's what it Gex. is. I figured it out. Gex represents like the toxic masculinity within fandom. Oh, I would have to. I would have to disagree, and here's why: because he liked both Star Wars and Star Trek, and he did that way back in the day when those fandoms would go like to death over that stuff. Star Gex Wars and Gecko Star Trek fans only nowadays, in their mutual hate for anything new that comes out, have come together. <laughs> But in the past, 
they were too impenetrable fandoms. I'm looking at Gex, and I'm seeing his relationship with Agent Extra, <laughs> and it seems like that is much more of like a, a, a like I would I versus you got a like with Roger Rabbit. They're versus like okay, Roger Rabbit. They actually flesh it out, and she's like, oh, I like him because he's funny and he makes me laugh. Sure, and they actually care about each other. Agent Extra is a vessel for for Gex. Agent Extra becomes who Rez captures in order to get. Uh, to get Gex. But doesn't Seymour in Audrey many ways much kill more... Audrey's boyfriend so that he can then be with her? Dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... Like neither of these people's hands are clean. I just think I think the relationship between Audrey and Seymour is much more complex than Gex and Agent Extra. <laughs> I totally agree. If you look at all these images of Agent, it's Extra with just with with X and X. It, she her, she her looks name and sounds an like a porn in a star. Movie. Okay, it's fine. So then, if you want to like, if you want to go down the list, which is what I keep saying we should do, because what because yeah, all go. you're both focused on are two things. You're just talking about how McElroy Brothers made him into a meme. I don't know how, that. I don't know and that. Now, well, I don't no, know. but she is. But an agent extra, which is like interpersonal relationships. Sure, Seymour definitely has better interpersonal relationships with him. Absolutely. But guess what? That's not his primary thing. His primary thing is more of a solo quest, like Mario. And Matt was someone who stand very hard for Mario's journey and what it means to be a hero and think that that's a very important thing. So if we're going to apply that to Gex here, I would say that that is also a pretty complicated and important thing that we need to absolutely take into account. I hear you. Let's go through that list. Let's go through Let's that go through list. Through it. Let's just go through the Let's list. Let's go through it. Cultural impact is going to go to Seymour. Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> I, could I'll say, I could argue for both. I could argue. I could. I, you could, you could actually. You, you could, could because because of him being a meme now. Actually, yeah, you're right. You Ge- could. Gex is a. I think you're right because Gex is kind of like sums up what the year 2000 was. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yes. <laughs> you're not. You're not wrong. Wait, it's like a little. Is this real life? What What are we doing? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it, he is very of a time and place. Uh, I I mean, if you were to ask me which one, I guess I would say Seymour. But you're you're right. Actually, as you say that, Emily, like. Because he's been memefied today, in a way, he is still relevant. And I have, it's not something I, have I had yet, actually. I haven't seen a meme of this guy of of Gex. Well, it's mostly because of the McElroy fandom. Yeah. But he he has. I've heard him come up on other podcasts and things yeah. before, and he's he always is like, like he is a he is a gem in the gaming. He's like a a lost gem of the gaming world that people like to reference. Yeah, because in many ways, he was like the last time someone tried to come up with like a goofy, cool new platforming mascot character it was like really late to the game and they really went for it like hard i don't know (laughs) why but i feel like gax was the reason why i had like really inappropriate jokes as like a second grader you know what i mean i don't i feel like you've got this like with or am i thinking conquer i'm thinking conquer sorry this is yes that's conquer conquer is nothing like gax um again gax is a good guy in his games he's like a good person who says catchphrases from okay okay cool cool, cool. let's keep going down the list uh, keep going down the list fictional impact they both save the world so whatever unless you're talking about the other ending in which he doesn't save the world uh <laughs> but <laughs> as far as like who's got a better character arc it's gotta go to seymour yeah, yeah. it's gotta go to seymour because you know he's a video game character like a lot of, a lot of it is just from your playing the game um who's more competent it is gex that is not Seymour. I, See, I had to give it no to Gex there. Person, I gotta give it to Gex. <laughs> no competent person goes, oh, I gave him three drops of blood and he increased in size by like twice as much. How about I give him a, a whole leg? 
let's let's see what happens next like that is a your plant starts talking to you, you stop feeding him yes. <laughs> um so like ability that's gotta go to see more yeah i say yeah. i gotta be honest dude i think gex i don't i don't know I don't know if I like him anymore. Sure, that's fine. That's fine if you don't, but we got to go through it. Fighting skills, going to go to the X. Okay. Yes. He can wield a lightsaber. Yeah. He can wield a blaster. He's yeah, got he nunchucks. He can do all that. Absolutely. Laugh factor. He gets you to laugh, even if it's not for the reason that he's trying to get you to laugh. That's true. Gex. You're laughing Gex. at him when he makes impressions, but not because not because of the jokes that he's making. But He does make impressions. He does. Seymour yeah. is, he is much like, more of like a sad comedy. A real Carlos, or yeah. um, what's his name? Is it Carlos Mencia? A real, a real dang cook. Oh yeah, God. you're right, Emily. He is. He does make you feel kind of sad the whole time. Yeah. If there's any laughter you do about Seymour, it's almost like, oh, I'm laughing because this is a very sad person. Yeah. yeah. If you had like a pity factor, yeah. I guess I would pick Seymour for pity factor because you just, you feel bad for him because the like the show opens with being like look at how bad of a situation we're in all of us are here and all we're trying to do is figure out how to get out of skid row it's like you feel bad for him at the get-go like that is the uh, whole get, thing. get-go <laughs> get keep go. going on the list keep doing the uh, list who's more shippable i'll give you seymour but yeah. i don't know you guys can't stop talking about miss agent x or whatever so i guess maybe it's, it's not it's her not shippable. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you seem you seem obsessed with it <laughs> Um, who's smarter? Oh, dude, Seymour. 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 Is it? So, oh, is yeah. Is it? I mean, I feel like that's almost like the competency question. Like that seemed kind of dumb for him to do. Like he didn't say anything to anyone. I mean, he's smart enough to figure out that the plant needs blood. But yeah, he's not technically smart enough to to deny it and to see how bad this can like worst possible case scenario with this situation yeah i mean gex is a secret agent you know he's got a lot of technical skills i feel like that's not i don't know i i, I guess like that one maybe I've, let's just say doesn't yeah. matter let's just yeah say, it's like, a wash you know, yeah it, you know what it's intelligence tight. is not really either of their strength so um emotional capabilities in capacity has to go to seymour yeah uh and seymour is definitely more authentic but i think Gex is more original. I think he's more original character than Seymour is. Seymour's a very good character. I think the world Seymour is in is really original. But Seymour himself is just like, we're going to make this really nice guy who's in a bad situation. Kind of a... I mean, uh, for for being a, a gecko that knows a bunch of pop culture references and jumps through TVs and like uses those pop culture reference pop culture references to fight. I will say yes, that does get points in originality. Uh and so then then we're down to like the final things which are like who you want to get a beer with. I I look, I think Gex is annoying, dude. <laughs> I would much rather get a beer with Seam or Gex wouldn't I'm like, dude, stop. Like I'm just Let's talk about us, man. Let's talk about friends. Let's talk about not the show. Us. Not the show. Not the show. No. And he starts quoting friends. You know, I'm like, no. <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, I if I'm just being honest, I would also get a beer with Seymour. I wouldn't get a beer with Gex. He would drive me up. Yeah. <laughs> he would drive me up a wall. Gex is turning you into a monster, <laughs> Gex, Christian. Gex is breaking me. Look, here's the thing. I'm fighting really hard for Gex because no one else is going to. That being said. Gex is going to fight for you and for the world 
but I still think Seymour is a more real character than he is. Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to be able to, I don't think, honestly, like going up against an even harder person who's already won matches in the future, I just think there's less to say about Gex at this point. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. If we had the same argument, because at the time both of them were out, if we had the same discussion right now as we did in like, and we did this in like 2001 and 2003, Gex would probably win. But yeah, luckily we have evolved from that time <laughs> and we have realized this is kind of a weird, weird thing. It is, but I do think, I think it is also a testament to like, I know it's like, he's such a ridiculous character. And so the notion of us talking about it is so crazy, but at the same time, he is such a bizarre, original, strange character that like just doesn't exist anymore. That, uh, yeah. like, it really was worth putting him through the ringer because he puts up weirdly a lot of like interesting things that no other characters do. Yeah. Like he, he sort of got all of these different things that they threw in like one pot and they were like, here he is. It's the guy code gecko. And he knows a lot of references, but he also saves the day like Mario. And it's like, well, I don't know if I like that combination of things, but it is really weird. He says some very interesting lines. Oh boy. What do you got? This place is weirder than Rick James's place on the 4th of July. This is about as much fun as being Mike Tyson's cellmate on Valentine's Day. The Playboy what? Mansion? Yes! That's weird. <laughs> it's real weird. And that's why comedy evolves. But with Little Shop of Horrors, it's timeless. Well... I guess it's time to turn the TV off on Gex. Seymour Pines is our winner for today. This was intense. Look, Chris, I'm going to get you. You fought hard today. Dang, Chris. You fought Chris. hard, dude. You fought hard. I hear where you're coming from from Gex. I, I... Oh, don't get me wrong. I think Seymour should have won. No, 100%. no, no. You had to, so to fight for the person. 100%. I get it. No, I get it. But Gex, but... man, is, is like, I see him. And I'm like, that guy's trash, dude. I think like, Gex, that's, that, Gex... That makes him a good character. He elicits this, like, crazy emotion in you. Right? No, Gex, because Gex is he reminds of me time. of, like... It's not... It, it, Gex doesn't remind me of the character. It reminds me of, like, the time and what we found funny back then. And it's like, oh. Like, embarrassed. Sure. Oh. <laughs> sure. I think I think that's what makes him interesting, though. But I also, yeah, I don't regardless think, of that... I'm glad uh, we talked I, about it, because we yeah. should keep talking about this stuff, so... You know, we should remember it. Yeah. You know Sometimes I mean? also it's more fun to have these these discussions and like kind of have to argue for someone. Uh, when like we're talking about I, Gex, my dude, <laughs> my dude. I I don't think I've felt this much like really disgust for a character like I did for Gex. It's interesting. It is interesting, interesting. and it was all natural. I'm like, man, the more we talk about, I'm like, I don't like this guy. It's interesting. We're gonna. It's going to be funny when uh, Monkey D. Luffy comes up and I'm just like, I just don't like it. No, I'm just no, kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I could defend kidding. Luffy, no, my dude. I actually, I don't think, I, I don't think at any point I actually necessarily 100% felt like Gex would have beat Seymour, even when I was arguing for him. But I was almost trying to see if I could convince you and myself of that. Because I know, you did a, a great job. That could happen. But it doesn't. That's why we have to go through. The, that's why we. That's why we have. That's why we do this. You know, it's like when we need it, we've got a list of, you, of character factors to go through. We'll you guys heard it here. Gex makes Christian say the f bomb. Yeah. Well, no, those were cut. But can we beep it? Can uh, we go beep? I gotta say, maybe. 
I just saw a photo of Gex in a cowboy outfit, and I'm like, oh, man, you know what? Any character that has a, ca- a Western outfit gets a point in my book. Seymour doesn't have a cowboy outfit, but oh I think... All right, let's go back. No, I think our choice is right. I think our choice is right. I think... Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. We got to pick some new names for next week. Chris. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I've actually... While you were talking, I actually was pulling some of those out. And by the way... um. I have a name I would like to add to the bucket this week. I don't know if anyone else has a name they would like to add to the bucket. But if you've ever seen We Bear Bears, I'd like to add yeah. Panda to the bucket. I yes. just started watching that show, and it's adorable and cute and a lot of fun. So um, I-, I went back and forth on whether I was doing Ice Bear or Panda, and I ended up going with Panda. That's great. Um, I would like to add a character as well. Okay. I would like, because I've been rewatching a lot of anime lately, and I'm rewatching Outlaw Star, so I'd like to put in... The Outlaw, Gene Starwind. Nice. Pilot of the Same. Outlaw Star. Nice. Owner of Hawkins and uh, and uh, uh, Starwind Core. Very He's cool. Um, Emily, do you have anyone for this week? Um, I don't know if she's in the bucket yet, so you'll have to correct me. I don't have the sheet up with here, but I would like to add... Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle <gasps> no, into she's the bucket. Not. Yeah. Dude. That's really good, though. That's a great one. Uh, that's very good. Um, now I just want to go rewatch that movie again. It's on HBO Max. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it this is. is not yeah, a plug, yeah, yeah. but we do have we do watch it. Uh, okay, so next week, and this is where the Starbucks Mermaid failed because she's not really a mascot. She's a logo, but we have a mascot. It's the red M and M. Oh, jeez, oh, <laughs> the Buster Bunny of M and M. He's great, and. Uh, <laughs> Versus Miss Doubtfire. Huh. Is it Miss or Mrs.? I guess Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. Doubtfire. I think think her personality is married. It's going to be sad. Um, And the second match is a return from a previous season. Second chance bucket. Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels. Oh, dang. Mm -hmm. And M, we got you for that one. That's dope. And finally... Sabine going up against another slightly more successful, but in my personal opinion, worse platforming game, Crash <laughs> from Crash Bandicoot. Dang, we're getting Dang. like all the mascots this season. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> we are. That's awesome. So guys, this make sure to tune great. in next week for that. Um, I'm Mouse Vado. You can find me at the Mouse Vado on the socials and check out season two premiere of Mass Effect Mass Effect Adventum with the voice actor of Commander Shepard, Mark Mir, with me and Emily. We are it just started. Make sure to check that out, and yeah. check out Hit Points with me and Emily and Naeem Stewart. We been yeah, Hit Points has been on, on a little bit of a hiatus, but we're gonna get we're gonna celebrate our one year of running that podcast and get back in the groove real soon. Yeah, you can follow me at frankly underscore Emily on Twitter. That's where I share all of my articles that I write for Geek Girl Authority. All of uh, all the things that I'm doing and some some pretty good memes. I would I dare say. Yeah, I'm at Christian underscore Humes. All of our details are in the show notes, and we'll see you in the ring next time. Pew, pew, pew.